Have you been with a narcissistic person and found it really hard to break free? Maybe you've been with someone who is a narcissist or you've been with someone who has toxic traits and you feel like you always go back. Like you always still go back to a person that you know and that you understand this person isn't healthy. This person is actually toxic for my life. You see, so many times we find people who have been with a narcissist, with an abuser, and they leave, they get out, but then they go back. Or they know in their mind, I shouldn't be with this person, but then they still reach out. They break no contact. They go back to the person, whatever it might be. They get involved back in an abusive relationship. And a lot of times the concept of breaking free from a narcissist is extremely hard for people to understand, wrap their mind around, and actually implement so they actually do successfully break free. And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit today. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. And we do it on multiple different platforms every single day by dropping small bits of content to try to be able to help promote that awareness to everybody out there. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, all different aspects of trying to help people understand. And you can follow us under Raw Motivations. Maybe you're listening today on the podcast under Raw Motivations, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, find us anywhere. Raw Motivations. If you want to hear the wife's perspective, she's been giving a lot of insight into our own journey, into the, the pitfalls, the ups and downs of everything that's been happening in our relationship early on and some of the stuff we struggle with on a daily basis as well. If you want to get her perspective, then log on to our new podcast that came out called Trauma, Drama, and Life. It's been up for about like a month and a half at the time of this recording, and we're super excited. Just a lot of really positive feedback of people that want to hear more and people that keep writing in or DMing us on Instagram saying, hey, would love for you to talk about this, different things like that. So check those out. If you haven't had a chance to be able to look at narcapp.com, go check out our app that we actually have. It's a narcissistic abuse recovery community, community of like-minded people to help you grow, heal, and change because you need that support. You need someone who's going to come alongside and be like, hey, I know exactly what you're going through because I went through this two years ago. We can help you get out. That's what the community is there for. That's how it's built to try to be able to help you move forward. You can log in, look at courses, understand more about narcissism. You can have the accountability of checking in with your no contact tracker or journaling or going into the armory audio. Like we can go into the weekly lives that we have, submit questions throughout the week and they'll get answered every single Monday. We have monthly coaching that happens once a month where you can see people all across the globe, get to know people. There's a lot of communities getting built. We're super excited about it. So um, tune into that. NarcApp.com, N-A-R-C-A-P-P.com, NarcApp.com. If you want to talk to me sometime, would love to interact with you. would love to help you through breaking free of the trauma bond and rewiring your mindset. Go to rawmotivations.com, click on one-on-ones. We can set up a time to be able to chat. You might have gotten free from the narcissist, but you don't really feel free. You might have gotten away from the narcissist. You might have moved away from the narcissist. You might have moved states or changed locations, but you're still not free. Because a lot of times people get stuck even if they're far away. Even if they've spent time away from it, they're still stuck mentally and emotionally with another person that they know in their heart, this person was toxic, but I still want to go back. I still want to interact. I still want to be with. I still want to see, to hug, to kiss, to hold, anything like that. And they start to get confused of like, I don't understand what's going on. Well, a part of what's happening is a lot of times people get stuck with a possibility. 
with a maybe, with a possibility of this might actually be happening. There is a possibility that this person might be the person that I wanted them to be. There's a hope that this might actually happen. And that maybe, that possibility of something might happening or something might working out, or maybe they're going to change for the next supply. And that means it's on me. Maybe they're going to change and come back to me. All these different things pull together to leave you actually addicted. This is why some people get addicted to gambling or to the lottery or different things like that that have no guaranteed outcome, but there is a hope and the idea of like, maybe it will happen. Maybe I'll get this. Maybe my dream will be fulfilled. Those type of things are what latch people on to become almost addictive, almost to like drug level addictions to another person because they're holding on to a maybe. And when we talk about someone being stuck, they're away mentally and emotionally, then they're away physically, but mentally, emotionally, they're still stuck. A lot of times we bring up the term trauma bond. If you don't know what that is, think of it initially as being like an idea of Stockholm syndrome, something that is making you feel stuck or in love with a person who has been your abuser, your captor, the person that has been awful to you. When we talk about trauma bond, I try to break it down into three different sections, hope, potential, and cognitive dissonance. And with these three things, it produces this intense bond that makes you feel like you have to be with that person. You have to go back to this person. You have to get validation from this person, whatever it might be. With the hope, a lot of times the thought is, how are they going to change? Like maybe they're going to actually do the things that they said they're going to do. Maybe, and they start hoping for that possibility. Maybe they'll be different. And there's hope that maybe they'll change. Maybe they'll start to pay attention to me, to love me, to care about me. All those different things kind of fill up the aspect of hope where you're hoping for something to happen, but there's no actual actions that are following it. Sometimes people get latched on to the idea of potential of like, I saw who they were at the beginning. I saw who they were at the very beginning. Now, like, I think we can get back to that. Hey, I see that. I saw that. So maybe they can get back. I know they have the potential of being a great partner the potential of being a great person in my life. I just need to figure out how do I tap into that? How do I actually reach that? And then the third one is typically cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance is built on the intermittent reinforcement of how a narcissist is treating you. The highs and the lows, the idealization and the devaluation, the ups and the downs, the back and forth, all different things that start to show you, wait, he likes me, he doesn't like me, she loves me, she doesn't love me. All these things that start to build up confusion in your mind of what's actually true. What do I actually believe? Do I believe their actions or do I believe their words? And over a period of time, the mind wants to choose the easiest one, not the one that's hard, not the one that's difficult, not the one that hurts, but the one that's just, let's just go with this because it's easy and it feels good. And a lot of times it goes with one that's actually a lie. Now, when we're talking about cognitive dissonance in romantic relationships, a lot of times what we're talking about is the illustration that the narcissist looks at you and says, I love you. And then they slap you in the face. Then they say, I love you. Then they slap you in the face. Then they say, I love you. Then they slap you in the face. Then they say, I love you. Then they slap you in the face. And over and over and over. Maybe this isn't happening physically to you, but it is happening mentally and emotionally. When it's going on, there's actually three things that are happening when the narcissist is doing the two polar opposite things where the actions and the words are not matching up at all. It starts to give you the idea, first off, that this abuse is love. Sometimes that's because of your upbringing, that you were brought up in an abusive or in a narcissistic household, so it feels 
normal. It feels like this is the regular daily scheduled program of my life. This is how love was shown to me. So it makes sense that they would be showing love the same exact way as my abusive parents in the past did. A lot of times it says this is this abuse is love. A lot of times it also says this abuse is all that you're worth. The idea that this love relationship that's abusive is actually all that defines who you are and who your worth is built up in. So many times people are used to the idea of getting abused and, tra and traumatized in that relationship and thinking, well, I deserve it. Or maybe this is what I, I'm worth. Maybe this is all the love that I can get from anybody out there because this is all the value I bring to the table, which is not true, but it is a toxic piece of the trauma bond. The third one is a lot of times the abuse feels like this is the price that I have to pay. This is the toll road that I have to pay my dues in order to get to the other side. This is the price I have to pay to get love. And a lot of times people will hold on to that really tight and they'll think either this is love, this is all that I'm worth, or this is the price I have to pay. And as a result, it ramps up the cognitive dissonance, the hope and the potential, and leaves you stuck in a state of a trauma bond. And what you might have noticed at this point is a trauma bond doesn't just disappear and it just doesn't go away. Unfortunately, like it doesn't get fixed with time and knowledge. A lot of times people can be out of a relationship for two months, two years, or 20 years and not be able to actually get out of the trauma bond because mentally and emotionally they haven't changed it. It'd be like the idea of you having a broken bone and not getting it fixed. Like you have to get it set, you have to get it put into a cast, you have to go to a doctor, you have to work with someone who knows what they're doing to help you get out of that. Well, I think it's true when it comes to a trauma bond is it's not just ignoring that broken bone, it's having someone help come alongside you and help walk you through the mindset that you need to change. To rewire your mindset, to know and understand the truth of the situation. Because what's happening with the trauma bond is over a period of time, you'll get a trigger, any type of trigger. That trigger is going to fire off. You're going to see something, smell something, taste something, interact with someone, hear something. They say something in a certain way or a phrase, anything like that. You're going to get a trigger. And that trigger is going to immediately give you an emotion. Almost like stub, stub your toe. You feel like immediately pain. Then you're going to decide how you want to feel about that. Laugh it off or be sad about it. Like different things. Okay. Small illustration. But the idea is a trigger goes off. You experience an emotion right away. Those emotions, we ascribe feelings to them. There's more there. Once we have those feelings, then the idea is there's actually a thought, a story that's underneath the surface that is going through our head. That's the story that's actually happening that a lot of times isn't grounded in truth, but fantasy or fiction. So the goal is actually to go through that process and take down all the way to the level to figure out what the story is and then start to ground that in truth to change the story to be based on the truth of the situation. And that's what starts to set people free because mentally and emotionally, they're able to actually make different choices to set themselves free. The thing is, if you're stuck in a relationship and you don't start working on changing your story, you'll always go back. You'll always be stuck in a narcissistic and abusive relationship because if you haven't changed your story, you're going to be stuck with that person and it won't change your life because of the fact that you feel like this is all that you have and it's not. So while you're out there, while you're worried, I want you to understand you're not crazy. You're not alone. You're not hopeless. Please reach out for help.